Allah says, Law, if Arad Allahu, Allah intended, meaning if Allah really wanted, and that yattakhida waladan, that he should take a child, he should adopt a son, he should have a son, then what would he do? Lastafa, surely he would have chosen. Istafa, sadfawa, he would have chosen mimma from that which yakhluqu, he creates ma yasha, whatever he wills. If Allah really wanted to have a child, He would have chosen someone from His creation and taken that creature as a child of His and informed mankind about it. But the fact is that He didn't. Why? Because subhanahu, perfection is for Him, exaltedness is for Him, His glory. Meaning He is above the need to have a child. Because who Allah? Because He is Allah, Al-Wahid, the one, and Al-Qahal, the prevailing. Everything is in His control. Ultimate power rests with Him. Why would He have a child? What is this ayah telling us? Law arad Allah, if Allah wanted to have a child. Do people want children? Yeah. Why? Because they're incomplete. Right? And there's a, a weakness from within. There is you know, a sense of greatness that people feel when they have children. A sense of authority. A sense of a higher status. Right? Or you don't really feel what compassion is until you have a child. In the sense that the compassion, the love that you feel when you have a child, you know, many people say it can never be felt without having children. Meaning a person who has children and the love, compassion, mercy they feel, that same level cannot be experienced by a person who does not have children. It's what people say. Right? They could be right, they could be wrong. Which is why, you know, if a person does not have children and they suggest something, others say, oh, you don't get it because you don't have children. Right? We are limited, right? We grow through experience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect. He doesn't need children in order to have compassion. He doesn't need children in order to be merciful. He is merciful from before. He is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim from before. So, law arad Allahu. If Allah wanted, meaning Allah does not want even. Because Allah does not need. He does not intend to have a child because He is in no need of a child. Because He is above any dependency. The creation depends on Him and He depends on no one. And if he had a child, if he wanted a child, what would he have to do? He would have to choose a child from his creation. Why choose from his creation? Because Allah is wahid, there is none like him. You understand? He is wahid, there is none like him. It's not possible for another God to exist. You know, a child would be also God, but there is only one God. So logically, it's not possible. You understand? God is one. He doesn't multiply. There is only one God. So even if Allah were to have a child, He would have to choose from His creation because there is none like Him. God does not have children. He does not have the need to have children. So, لَسْطَفَى مِمَّا يَخْلُقُ مَا And then, if He really had children, He would have informed people about it. But has He? No. So don't make up partners for Allah. Don't set up 
partners for Allah, saying that he has a child, because he is who Allah al-Wahidul Qahar. samawati He is the one who has created the skies, wal arda and the earth bilhaq with the truth. Meaning in reality it is Allah who has created the skies and the earth. Bilhaq for a just cause and purpose. He hasn't created all of this aimlessly for nothing. No, it's created for a purpose. Yukawiru layla. Yukawiru, he wraps a layla the night over what? Ala nahar over the day. He wraps the night over the day. Wayukawiru nahara, and he wraps the day ala layl over the night. Such that where the day ends, the night begins. And where the night ends, the day begins. What does the word yukawiru mean? Yukawiru kaf wa'ura, kawr, is to coil, to wrap something around the other by taking it in circular motion. Okay? The word is used for wrapping a turban. Okay? Wrapping a turban. Because when a person is wrapping a turban around their head, how do they take the cloth? They take it in circular motion around their head. Think of your hijab. When you're wearing it, what do you do? You take it down, and then you take it up, and then you bring it down again, and sometimes you take it up again. I don't know how you do it, but you do it sometimes. Right? So this is kawr, to take something round and round. So he wraps the night over the day, and he wraps the day over the night. Meaning constantly, one after the other, the night and day are coming in succession. وَالسَّخْرَ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرِ And he has subjected the sun and the moon. And the sun and the moon also, they alternate, right? meaning they come one after the other, up in the horizon. كُلٌّ each يَجْرِي It is running, meaning it is proceeding on its course لِأَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى Until an appointed time. And what is that appointed time? Because everything has an end, right? So the sun has an end, the moon has an end. There is nothing in this world that will remain forever. So, لِأَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى أَلَى Unquestionably, هُوَ He is الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفَّارُ The exalted in might, the perpetual forgiver. The names of Allah that are mentioned over here are so relevant. It's amazing. Why is Aziz mentioned? Because who can make all of this happen except the one who is Aziz? I mean the massive sun and the massive moon and then the earth and the way the night and day are coming in succession one after the other. Who is behind all of this? Aziz, the one of ultimate power. And Al-Ghaffar. Ghaffar. Have you ever gotten angry with somebody and taken away from them something that you gave them? Moms, older sisters... Huh? Older cousins maybe. You give a toy, you give a candy, you give a cookie, even something as small as a candy. And what happens? You get mad because the child disrespected you and just take it away. You don't have the heart to forgive. We do this, right? A lot. Or if it's not that we take it away, we show our anger. We say, I'm never going to give this to you again. And later on we do give it. We're so weak, we cannot even remain true to our word. Yes. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-Hanim, the most forbearing, because 
my mom was recently away. She just went for a trip and she came back. And then I had to take care of the kids. And you have to like be so halim and forbearing with what they want, with everybody wanting to eat something different and their attitude or not wanting to sleep at the correct amount, uh, the correct time. And not only with them, but I also was working um, on the side with a conference, so with other people who are volunteering. And then also when people, when we don't meet deadlines all at the same time or things are pushed back. So uh, again, going back to your intention, I'm doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it forces you to be hanim. Everything goes back to like your intention. Very true. So Allah is Al-Ghaffar. Night and day we sin. We disobey Allah. But because of our sins, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not stop the sun from rising again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not stop the moon from coming again. He doesn't stop the night from coming or the day from coming. No, He keeps sending blessings upon us because He is the perpetual forgiver. خَلَقَكُمْ He has created you مِن نَفْسٍ وَاحِدًا From a single soul. ثُمَّ then جَعَلَ He made مِنْهَا from it meaning from that single soul as in Adam alayhi salam زَوْجَهَا It's mate. And what is this referring to? This is referring to Hawa. So Allah created all of you from a single person and from that person Allah created His wife وَأَنزَلَ لَكُمْ And He sent down for you مِنَ الْأَنَامِ Of the grazing livestock ثَمَانِيَةَ azwaj Eight pairs Azwaj, plural of zawj Eight pairs Meaning He has produced for you Of grazing livestock For you as in for your consumption For your benefit For your use Eight of the grazing livestock. And eight refers to the four pairs. Alright? Four pairs of male and female. As we learn in Surah Al-An'am 143. Two from sheep, two of goats, two of camels, and two of cows. So total how many? Eight. Four male and four female. So total eight. So he has created them for who? For who? For you. All of this livestock, who enjoys it? We are the ones who are enjoying it. So he has produced them for you. I want you to notice something over here. Anzala lakum. Anzala. What does anzala mean? To send down. He sent down for you these animals. What does this mean? Some have said what this means is, that anzala, this is haqiqi, as in you take it literally, he created these animals where? أَنَّهُ خَلَقَهَا فِي الْجَنَّةِ That these animals were actually made in jannah. And then they were sent down. فَيَكُونُ الْإِنزَالِ حَقِيقَةً This inzal coming down is real. Okay, in reality, it's literal. Others have said, anzala over here is figurative, because these animals, their food is mainly what? What is it? Grass, produce, right? And that doesn't grow unless and until it gets its risk from the sky, which is in the form of water and sunlight. So when their food comes from the sky, in the sense that water, it comes from the sky, and then the grass grows, and then these animals eat. So, anzala. Alright? And others have said that anzala over here gives a meaning of, ansha'a, ja'ala, that he has 
produced them for you. He has created them for you. Another meaning of anzala over here is when Allah sends down, it means that He has legislated something. Right? Like He sent down the Qur'an. So He sent down the law of the Qur'an. Right? He's legislated it. He's commanded it. So anzala lakum, meaning He has legislated these animals in your favor. That you use them. The primary purpose of these animals is your benefit. He has decreed them for you. He has decreed them in your share. You understand? So, أَنزَلَ لَكُمْ مِنَ الْأَنْعَامِ ثَمَانِيَةَ أَزْوَاجِ يَخْلُقُكُمْ He has created you. في إن بُطُونِ Wombs, stomachs, أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ Of your mothers. بُطُون, plural of بَطْن بَطْن is stomach. It doesn't mean literally the stomach where your food comes and it's digested. No. Baton as in your baton. Okay. يَخْلُقُكُمْ فِي بُطُونِ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ He creates you in the wombs of your mothers. How? خَلْقًا A creation. مِنْ بَعْدِ خَلْقٍ After a creation. Creation after creation. Meaning He creates you gradually in the wombs of your mothers. Over a period of nine long months. Gradually. One stage after the other. And how exactly are those stages? They're mentioned in the Qur'an. Like for example in Surah Al-Mu'minun, right at the beginning we learn about how from Nutfa to Alaqa to Mudgha, right? how it is just a sperm drop at the beginning, and then a blood clot, and then a lump of flesh, and then... Eventually, it develops bones. And the bones are covered in فَكَسَوْنَ الْعِظَامَ لَحْمَ Then they're covered with fat until it turns into خَلْقًا آخر. What was it before? A sperm drop. And what does it turn into? A complete human being. A beautiful human being. So خَلْقًا مِنْ بَعْدِ خَلْقٍ Gradual growth, creation. But where does this development happen? فِي إِن ظُلُمَاتٍ darknesses. How many darknesses? ثَلَاثٍ Three. Three layers of darkness. This is amazing. Have you ever tried to keep a plant in your basement? Maybe. Or maybe in a closed room? My office at Al-Huda is such that it has no windows. Absolutely no windows. All right? There's lights, but there's no windows, meaning no natural sunlight. And many times I want that the room should be nice and bright, right, so that I feel awake. And I would like to put a plant, but it's not possible, because I know that if I bring a plant over there, it's going to die. Right? Because for anything to grow, what does it need? Light. Light is important. Even when people grow you know, illegal plants in their basements, what do they use? Lamps. Isn't it? You need light. But it's amazing how a complete human being is developed within total darkness. And what are these three darknesses referring to? It is said that first it's the sack that the baby is in. Right? And that sack is within the uterus, the womb. And that womb is where? Inside the stomach. So there is the darkness of the stomach. Then there is a darkness of the womb, and then there is a curtain of the sack. 
inside so many layers. Safe, protected, but within darkness, He makes you grow. It's amazing. You know, when you see pictures of ultrasound even, how are they? Dark. Dark. I mean, even with 3D ultrasound, it's dark. It's not super bright. And that is also because of ultrasound waves that you can see something inside. Otherwise, it's in darkness. To make anything, you need to see. Allah creates the human being in darkness. فِي ظُلُمَاتٍ ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبُّكُمْ O people, know your Lord. That, O you people, is Allah your Lord. Why did you think you need an intermediary in the middle? Why did you think you need someone in the middle to reach Allah? When He alone created you, why do you need someone else to reach out to Him? ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبُّكُمْ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ For Him is Al-Mulk. Ownership, dominion, kingship. And Al-Mulk, what does it mean? The ultimate dominion is His. The absolute, complete, perfect kingship is whose? Allah's. Because as human beings, we may own something. Isn't it? We own many things. But do we have complete authority over them? No. Firstly, it's temporary. We might own something, but we lose it. And once we lose it, we have no idea where it is. Correct? We might own something, we might own a suitcase which is full of stuff, and we're traveling at the airport, it gets lost. It never makes it to the destination. You own those things, but you have zero authority over them. Zero authority. This is the reality of our mulk. And what is Allah's mulk? Complete and absolute. Lahul mulk. ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبُّكُمْ لَهُ الْمُلْكِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ There is no God worthy of worship but Him. فَأَنَّا تُصْرَفُونَ فَأَنَّا So how? أَنَّا expresses amazement and wonder. How? Why? How come? تُصْرَفُونَ You are averted. Averted from who? From Allah. From Tawheed. تُصْرَفُونَ is from Sarafa. Sadrafa. Sarafa is to turn something away. Something is going one way, but it is turned away into a different direction. So, فَأَنَّا تُسْرَفُونَ How come you are turned away from Allah such that you end up worshipping others? Why are you busy trying to impress others and gain their recognition? When He is the one who gave you everything, why do you turn to someone else or something else? فَأَنَّا تُسْرَفُونَ in if takfuru you all disbelieve, O people, if you all deny, meaning Allah, then remember that fa in Allah, then indeed Allah, He is ghaniyun ankum. He is free of need from you, meaning He has no need of you. Ghani, who is ghani? Just someone who is rich. Who is ghani? The one who is not dependent. On someone else. He is independent within himself. When is it that we find ourselves dependent on others? When? When there is a need of ours that we cannot fulfill ourselves. Okay? Let me give you an example. You're at home. You're sitting upstairs. You're thirsty. You want water. You're thirsty. You want water, alright? But you're too lazy to go downstairs, get yourself a glass of water. 
Would you maybe pick up your phone and text your brother who's sitting downstairs? Huh? And then promise him a lot of things and you know, guilt trip him maybe into it. Do something. Why are we asking? Because we're too lazy or tired to go fulfill our need ourselves. Right? It's our weakness that makes us dependent on others. Are we created weak? Of course we are. وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا Correct? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does he get thirsty? No. Does he need the service of others? No. He is ghani. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need anything. Because he is Allah and we are the creation. So we are reminded that in takfuru فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ عَنْكُمْ If you deny Allah, you're ungrateful to Allah, then remember Allah is free from need of you. He is independent of your worship, your belief. He does not suffer any loss if you deny Him. In Surah Ibrahim, Ayah 8, Musa a.s. he said to the people, إِن تَكْفُرُوا أَنْتُمْ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَغَنِيٌّ حَمِيدٌ If you deny, and not just you, but all those who are upon the earth deny Allah, then Allah is ghani. He is still independent. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need you. But the thing is that وَلَا not يَرْضَى He approves. Meaning Allah does not approve. What does رَضِيَ mean? To be pleased with someone or something. Right? To approve of their action, to be happy with what they have done. La yarda, he does not approve of, he is not pleased with, he does not like it. Allah does not approve li'ibadihi for his servants, al kufra, the disbelief or the ingratitude. Meaning when the servants deny Allah, when the servants are ungrateful to Allah, then Allah does not like that. Why does Allah not like that? Why does Allah not like that? You know, if somebody is ungrateful to us, do we get upset? Do we get offended? We get offended. Why? Because we feel like we've been disrespected. But Allah does not get disrespected even if the whole creation denies Him. Because He is Hamid in and of Himself. He is perfect in and of Himself. His perfection does not depend on the worship of people. So then why does Allah not like kufr for His servants? Why? Okay. He's Al-Wadud. Why else? Our kufr harms us. Our kufr harms us. You know, many times parents will say things like, you know, if my child is being disrespectful, yes, it's offensive, but forget about that. I'm worried about their akhlaq. Right? I want my child to be a good person. These are not good habits. It's not good for them. Isn't it? So, لَا يَرْضَى لِعِبَادِهِ الْكُفْرِ Allah does not like kufr for his servants because kufr harms the servant. لَا يَرْضَى لِعِبَادِهِ الْكُفْرِ It harms the servant. وَإِن تَشْكُرُوا And if you are grateful, then يَرْضَهُ لَكُمْ He likes it for you. He approves of it for you. Why? Because shukr benefits us. If you deny, if you're ungrateful, he doesn't like it. But if you're grateful, he likes it. Because our ingratitude hurts us. Our denial harms us. Because nothing can bring contentment to us except the worship of Allah. 
accept the fulfillment of our life's purpose. And if we're not fulfilling that purpose, we will suffer. So when we suffer, Allah does not approve of that. And our gratitude, it benefits us. So Allah likes it for us. وَلَا تَزِرُوا And it shall not bear burden. Who? وَازِرَةٌ Any bearer of burden. What will it not bear? What will it not carry? وِزْرَ أُخْرَى The burden of another person. Meaning, each person is responsible for himself. No one is going to come carry the burden of our ingratitude, of our denial. ثُمَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ مَرْجِعُكُمْ Then to your Lord is your return. فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ Then He will inform you بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ With that which you used to do. Meaning, think about what you're doing. Your actions of gratitude or of ingratitude, of obedience to Allah or of denial, because you're going to face your actions one day. إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ Indeed, He is knowing of that which is within the chests even. Where is gratitude, ingratitude? It's in the heart. And Allah knows what's in our heart also. What do we see in this ayah? Allah does not like our ingratitude. Who likes whiners, people who whine and complain? Nobody. The one who gave us countless blessings does not approve ingratitude at all. Ingratitude is like whining. You know, it's like a, a spoiled child who's been lavished with so many gifts and so many blessings and still he's complaining that why is the color not brighter or this or that? Why is the size like this or that? Basically what we learn is that we have no reason for ingratitude. If Ayyub salam was not, then how could we be ungrateful? And the worst ingratitude is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives man everything, and what does man do in return? He runs towards others, pleasing them, seeking their approval. The second thing we learn in this ayah is that what Allah likes, what Allah is pleased with, is the gratitude of His servants. So much so that in a hadith we learn that when a servant eats a morsel of food, a bite of food, and he praises Allah for it. You understand? You have a bite of food, and you say Alhamdulillah. Generally we say Alhamdulillah, you know, we say our du'as after having a whole meal. How about when we have a candy, or we have a mint? Something small even. If we have one morsel of food, and we praise Allah for it, then Allah likes it. In Allah la yarda. Allah is happy. He is pleased with the servant an yakul al aklata fayahmadahu alayha. That he eats one bite and he praises Allah for it. Aw yashrab al sharbata, or he drinks one sip and fayahmadahu alayha, and he praises Allah for it. So praising, thanking Allah for every bite, for every sip. You know, once there was a person who was uh, saying Alhamdulillah after every bite. So somebody said, you know, why are you doing that? You don't have to. You don't need to. You can just say Alhamdulillah once at the end. And he said, Aklun wa hamdun khayrun min aklin wa samtin. Aklun wa hamdun, meaning eating and praising Allah is better than eating and staying silent. I'd rather thank Allah because I'm enjoying every bite. I'm enjoying every bite. So I'd rather thank Allah. Why stay silent? We learn in the hadith that once the Prophet ﷺ said to a man, How was your morning? How's your day been? And he said, I am grateful to Allah before you. Meaning, O Prophet ﷺ, you bear witness that I am grateful to Allah for whatever has happened thus far. 
And the Prophet ﷺ said, this is what I wanted for you. That you should be grateful. You see, even people like gratitude. Not when we are grateful to them, but when we are grateful to Allah. Even people like it. So imagine how much more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes it. You wanted to say something? I think it's very easy to say, you know, like I have this and that to be grateful for. But it's hard to actually like experience the feeling of gratitude and just like hold it, you know. And I think a big part of that is just making dua to Allah that Allah please grant me gratitude. Because we might see the numerous blessings that we have in our life, but we might not, you know, feel grateful for them. In a hadith we learn that when a servant says Alhamdulillahi kathira You know when you When you just enjoy that meal Or when you enjoy that cup of coffee Or when you enjoy that company with your friend Or whatever it may be And you say Alhamdulillah And people say this in different ways Like in Urdu they say Allah kalak lak shukr You know I don't know if that's said in another language in a different way, but Alhamdulillahi kathira, that's basically what it means. That Alhamdulillah, 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 Allah, Allah, Alhamdulillah. Alright? When a servant says that, Allah says, Uktubu li'abdi rahmati kathira. Write for my servant a lot of my mercy. He is showing a lot of gratitude, he is going to receive a lot of my mercy. Gratitude pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He chooses us for a million of nutfah. And no one like us, like for example, no one like me, no one like Sister Taymiyyah, no one like, like unique, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He created us. For that, even we have to say, Alhamdulillah. So we don't need to copy anybody, and we don't need to show up for anybody, because we are unique, Allah, He created us unique because He loves us. Yes. لو أراد الله أن يتخذ ولدا لاصطفى مما يخلق ما يشاء سبحانه هو الله الواحد القهار خلق السماوات والأرض بالحق يكور الليل على النهار ويكور النهار على الليل وسخر الشمس والقمر كل يجري لأجل مسمى ألا هو العزيز الغفار خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ نَفْسٍ وَاحِدَةٍ ثُمَّ جَعَلَ مِنْهَا زَوْجَهَا وَأَنْزَلَ لَكُمْ مِنَ الْأَنْعَامِ ثَمَانِيَةَ أَزْوَاجٍ يَخْلُقُكُمْ فِي بُطُونِ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ خَلْقًا مِنْ بَعْدِ خَلْقٍ فِي ظُلُمَاتٍ ثَلَاثٍ ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبُّكُمْ لَهُ الْمُلْكِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ فَأَنَّا تُصْرَفُونَ Allah 